The Rocks to Roots podcast is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Spokane, presented by Delicious Hamburgers. Speak Spokane is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios and Speak Spokane, and on their website at speakstudios.com. Speak Studios, speak and be heard. This is Rocks to Roots, a podcast presented by the Spokane Conservation District. This podcast series is intended to share education and resources related to land management, conservation practices, and celebrate some of the great stewards of our land here in our region. for tuning in to Rocks to Roots. If you haven't already, make sure that you leave us a review in the comment section. We'd love to know how you like this episode. Today, we have two special guests and a couple of our favorite local farmers on the podcast, and we loved them so much in season one, we just had to bring them back for season two. So we have Grant Weber and Dwayne Zabranek, the farm managers over at Vets on the Farm. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks for having us again. Yeah, we're glad to have you back. It's been quite a crazy year since we last chatted on the podcast. Yeah, it, it's always interesting. <laughs> How are things going up at the farm? They're going pretty good this year. Going steady. Yeah, it's springtime now, so that's uh, one of our favorite times of the year. Everything's it's everything's new. Everything's growing, so we get a, we get pretty excited. Sometimes a little overexcited and try to plant too much stuff, but we love it when the sun's out, so... You know, when it's 60 degrees, there are worse things to do than overplant and mm. be a little sad in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, how did you guys um, kind of adjust and um, adapt to COVID and some of the restrictions regarding um, COVID? So we just made sure that um, we followed all the rules that got placed upon us and everything. Being agriculture, it was a little easier. Mm-hmm. We do work outside a lot. We're always in the fresh air. We do make sure, I mean... We, everybody's eating really healthy vegetables at the farm, too, so immune system's kind of kicked up. Uh, so overall, it was just a lot of cleaning, and that was the biggest extra, just cleaning and cleaning and cleaning, and even then, we already do, so it didn't affect us too bad. We actually saw an uptick on our the farm stand because people mm-hmm. got into the buy local and know where your, your, your food comes from, so uh, we saw, I mean, it was our best farm sales year, easily, oh, yeah. Most easily, so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I got to say, well, yeah, being able to do your job outside, being out in the field, got to feel quite a bit thankful for the circumstances of last year. And um, so that's awesome. So I really want to talk about um, how you guys were heavily involved with the Farmers to Families Food Box program. We got to sit down in season one and talk with Lisette Allen, the executive director for the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association. Um, who got the grant to go ahead um, and provide this program. So tell us a little bit about your involvement and why it was so important for you guys to get involved with this. Well, um, it fits in. First of all, Lizette is probably one of the genuinely nicest people I've ever met in my life. Yes. She's, she's so, and she's so good to us up there. Oh, yeah. Um, 
but it fits perfectly into our mission, part of our outreach mission for one, and, um, you know, helping the community. And there was a need for, they needed stuff delivered. And we had our delivery truck, Big Dina. And so we weren't using her because of COVID. So that fit perfectly for that. And um, just getting out there and helping the community, it was a huge deal. We actually sold some um, produce to them too. So that Mm. helped us out. Oh, awesome. Yeah, when Lizette, um, Lizette and all them approached us about this, we we were already kind of thinking like, wow, with the pandemic and everything going on, how are people getting food? You know, with everything that's going on, the food insecurity seemed a really big issue or could turn into one. So when the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association showed this to us, like, hey, this is what we're doing. We're getting boxes of food to people that need it. It was, we just jumped on that really fast. Uh Part of being in the military is uh, selfless service, and you can try to break yourself of it, but a lot of times it's ingrained. So this was a perfect way to give back to our community who has been supporting us, and it was just awesome. So thank you, Zet, for setting this all up and making us a part of it. And gratitude from everybody that, that was out there, too. I think we there was a – I mean, I, I mean, I've never been a part of something that, you know, that so many people every, – almost every car was just God bless, thank you, take care, and, and then so it was great. And then, of course, uh, their crew is just awesome. You know, give a shout out to uh, Liz, uh, Rachel, uh, Nick, and Travis. They worked with us uh, hand in hand, delivering and handing out those food boxes, and they were fantastic. High energy, loved just to be a part of it, and very giving. You could see it in what they did and everything. So it was very nice. Mm. And so you guys were actually preparing these boxes, and then deliveries were, or pickups, not deliveries, but pickup um, was happening in multiple places around the Spokane area. Um, on average, how many um, boxes would you say that you guys were giving out at each um, location? So that varied. Uh, <clears throat> it depended. A lot of times we'd do, when the truck was full, we were around 300 boxes. Wow. Uh, we would do two, three, up to two to three a week, depending on which weeks it was. So um, 900 a week sometimes. And, of course, they were pumping out even more. Uh, we were just one section of their whole operation so they're pumping out thousands of boxes and we would deliver what dina could do and that's how we went about it yeah and those were 30 pound boxes of food is that correct Uh, they varied at first um they varied up and down 20 to 40 depending on how they were uh if they had gotten meats or milks or um dairy however it went or if it was just veg so yeah um was there like a particular moment that stands out um when you guys were doing that program that just really touched you or um, really made an impact on you and made you feel good about what was going on? Um, what you're doing? Yeah. I don't get all sappy, but the uh, lady, she came through and, you know, if we had extra box, we we're like, do you need another one? She's like, and then she just kind of looked at me and I said, are you okay? And she's like, I, well, I just lost my husband a, a week ago and, and I'm, I, you know, he was the, the breadwinner, so I don't know what I'm going to do. And so we, we sat there and talked to her for like five or 10 minutes mm. and, uh, and we, I think we ended up putting like four boxes in her car because oh. awesome. she said she had her, her grandkids and stuff coming over. So we just, I mean, it, it, and it wasn't, that wasn't just one, there was a few like that, but you know, that one really stands out and her husband was a veteran too. So, um, that was, that was one of the big ones for me. Mm-hmm. I'll have to second that one. I remember, I remember when she pulled up and through, it was, uh, it was a moment. Mm-hmm. Very cool. 
Well, great work, you guys. Um, I know that it was pretty incredible to um, just hear the, some of those numbers that Inland Northwest Farmers Market came back with, the pounds of food that they gave out, the amount of boxes, like you said, a week, and just over the term of that program, um, how many families you guys touched and helped with. So um, great work. Just want to congratulate you on that. Um so now we're going to switch gears because I think we're all sick of talking about COVID and we're, <laughs> we're a year. We're almost a in, year to the date. I know. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like it's anniversary a couple of days ago. Um, but so uh, you guys are carefully bringing back some of those in-person outdoor workshops and trainings. So can you tell us a little bit about the ones that you've facilitated so far this year and what are some that are coming up? Um, so, so far this year, we just had one, it was a cherry pruning class or revitalization class. So we worked with Arbor Crest. They have a wonderful vineyard, but also a wonderful, uh, cherry grove out there. Um, they hadn't been touched in about 10 years and we were approached about, uh, getting some training out there. So we took it upon ourselves. We set it up and it was a fantastic class. We had did a one day, well, two hour, uh, basic overview and then, the next day, got hands-on. Everybody got up in the ladder, started pruning and trimming, and um, hopefully a big help for the four people out there um, out of the 10 that we had that have orchards themselves, and hopefully it helps them. Um, but coming up uh, March 20th here, we have a, seeds, a seed propagation class and a seed swap. So we'll be mm -hmm. going over the basics of how to start seeds and all that stuff. We'll be talking about soils and, in general, just how to get it going for the season, depending if you have a greenhouse or if you don't. And then after that, uh, we will have a seed swap where anybody is welcome. Anybody and everybody is welcome. And we'll just switch seeds. Some of them will be heirloom seeds, homegrown seeds, save seeds, all that. Uh, just a nice seed swap. Get people out there from the community to interact with each other. And so you don't have to, this is for anybody, even if you're just have some seeds that you're looking to maybe plant in your backyard or your garden, anybody is welcome. Correct. You yeah. don't have to be a farmer or have some acres or anything like that. Everybody, everybody's a farmer if you can stick a seed in the ground, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> and then uh, we'll be also having, every year we do about five classes, so we'll have three other classes besides that. Uh, we'll go and over good agricultural practices um, where you learn kind of how to clean your food and keep safe and that way microbes and contaminants don't pass on or you don't consume them. Uh, we'll also be doing a compost class where we learn how to build a Johnson Sioux bioreactor, a vertical bioreactor that sits there a year. You don't have to touch it, water it one minute a day. Great for any home. Um, we'll be going, and the last one we'll be doing is a butchery class, hopefully at the very mm. end of the year, um, butchering up some pork and seeing how it's done. Oh. Do, do you guys have animals on the farm? We do. Oh, you do? do. Okay. Yeah. We, do. we got some oil, chickens. Though. We got chickens and uh, one duck left now. We've, we've had some bad luck with some uh, attacks. I'm sorry, Dwayne. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Anybody have a shotgun they want to donate to the yeah, farm? <laughs> it's, uh, um, so we have a runner duck. And uh, how many chickens do we have still? Uh, so we have four of the original um, brood of chickens. We have five chicks that we raised our second one and then we have three new chickens that we just rehomed huh. and more so, on the way we got and, more ducks in, and we have a rooster coming today so mm. yeah awesome very cool well that well i'm sure we're going to talk about probably some new items at the farm and that's what maybe those chickens are helping you out with but um yeah we'll get to that in a little bit very cool so um 
it kind of felt like we had a pretty short fall season. I felt like we were kind of robbed of our fall and um, maybe had a little bit of a longer winter. So I'm curious um, if the weather has impacted the growing season at all moving into this year. Well, we, you know, when we got that frost, what was it, the 19th of September, yeah. I think, was our, and it, it froze pretty good. So, um, but that got us long, that was longer. We grew longer this, this last season than we have in a long time. Um, and then it was kind of a mild winter, it just kind of lingered. We didn't get much snow. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll be getting in the fields a lot earlier. Um, we've already tarped some of the fields to, for solarization to start killing some of the weeds and, mm. And stuff like that so we can get into so they dry out quicker so we can get in there and, and plant stuff but um we're hoping to get stuff in earlier so we have stuff earlier that's always the name of the game if you're if you're first and last to market then that's where you you make a lot of your money or and stuff like that so what happens if it snows again watch your mouth <laughs> <laughs> well like any good farmer we'll just keep on plugging away i'm like, sure it will now that you've said that thank, sorry. You, very, thank you very little That's great. can't say the s word i'm yeah. sorry uh but like you, you do have to replant that is, I, I don't know that's like a thing i don't know anything about like you if you if it snows and it, it you'll have to replant stuff the first stuff that we have goes in our hoop house which is covered oh, in a greenhouse and then we'll have um our, our caterpillar tunnels we'll put stuff in there mm. and then um it just depends on the crop yeah it's a usually most of our stuff doesn't go in until after mother's day or um our long, long season stuff goes yeah. out mother's day yeah mm. so but we'll do uh season we'll just use um agribond high tunnels low tunnels mm. we'll do everything we can to keep uh as much heat in there as possible keep the ground nice and warm for those roots and as long as you don't get too many days of freezing too far below too much snow mm-hmm. then uh, we should be pretty good yeah. yeah. There's an old wives' tale. I grew up on the north side of Spokane, and wives' tale was that you can't start planting anything until the snow is off the mountain oh, of, yes. of, of Mount Spokane. And uh, th- that might be more for, like, uh, flowers, I would imagine, but uh, that's something I always remember. My my mom or my – that's something that always sticks in my mind is, like, you can't plant until the snow is off the mountain. And I got to say, it's not too far off at all. We, oh. I, so I learned that when I was going to school on, at SEC, mm. and it was one of those things that got passed around, and it's it's always stuck in my head. Mm. And so I kind of watch. I'm looking at the peak. <laughs> I'm looking at the calendar. It pretty much coincides. Oh, wow. But mm. something really interesting is uh, we were all sitting around, and we were talking about this. We we're like, let's go, let's go. You know, 60-degree days, we're out there working. We're out there plugging along. We want to mm-hmm. get stuff planted. And uh, we came across this uh, article that said in the last 50 years – uh, I think we've had three years where it did not snow in March. Oh. So most likely we're going to get snow. <laughs> you said no, it again. You just... <laughs> <laughs> need like a swear jar. Like a swear jar. <laughs> and a gasp from the host. <laughs> <laughs> so like ideally, what would you guys be hoping for for like that first day to get things in the ground? Is there like a certain date that you like hope for or shoot for? Or is it all just based on you know, how frozen the ground is or? Uh, that just depends on crops. We'll get our cold weather crops out here in April. Mm-hmm. Um, Spinach, some of the cabbage. Some shard and a few other items, just uh, brassicas in general, the cold stuff that can handle that, that freeze, that cold weather. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, we'll just throw something on top of it, get a little more warmth and it'll, it should do good. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously this last year, like we talked about food security has been a big thing. And so I know a lot of people have, um, you know, started to 
prepare their gardens or their backyards for, you know, growing their own food. Um, what would be some advice that you would have going into this growing season for anybody at home that is eager and ready to maybe get things in the ground already, or they see that sunshine are you well, like, wait, wait, wait. Or? That's a problem with us too. So we get nice weather. We're like, and I'm, I'm telling Dwayne, like get more stuff in the greenhouse. Let's go. We can put this stuff out. And so we always have to, to rain it back because we get a little, get a little too, a little antsy in the, the pantsy or whatever. And start, uh, <laughs> we get pretty excited. Uh, I guess just hold off is the big thing, unless you're going to cover it, unless you have, you know, Agrabon or, or some kind of cover to, to cover your stuff. If you want, go ahead and put your stuff out now and then come back again and buy more plant starts from us. <laughs> you know, we'll yeah. keep selling you. We'll keep selling you plant starts uh, if you keep killing them when you get them out there too cold. That's fine with us. <laughs> and I would say just as, as the home grower, just know that <clears throat> everything does have its season and its time. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're focusing, if you really need to get something out right now, just so you can have that awesome fresh veg, uh, focus on your brassicas, your lettuces, and all those things, short season and cold weather crops. That way you don't lose anything, and you feel really good when you harvest it and eat it. Nice. Awesome. Um, I want to just jump back really quick to um, some of those workshops and trainings because I want to give you guys a chance to talk about where people can sign up for those classes and where they can find information about upcoming classes. Um, is that on your website? Is that on social media? Um, yes, both of those. All I, of the above. Yeah, we blast out. <laughs> yeah, we blast out stuff on uh, on bets on the farm on Instagram and Facebook, and then through Spokane Conservation District site. And we're working on our website right now, betsonthefarm.org. So hopefully in the next soon, uh, we'll have that up and running. So with your help, of course, Hillary. Oh. <laughs> She's like, uh, I wasn't going to help. You. Copious <laughs> amounts of that help. Please. I'm <laughs> always here to help you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so, so speaking of some new things up at the farm, um, I saw that you guys are have installed a new water system. Um, so can you tell us about that and why you decided to do it and why it's important? Uh, yeah, we did. We set up a whole new water system that ties into our fertigation system. And right now, one of the one of the troubles with growing as many uh, types of vegetables as we do is really focusing in and the nutrition really focusing in on the nutrition of each crop or each family of crop. So the way we're going to do it is it allows us to uh, focus down our beds from sixteen watering all at one time to maybe four at a time. So now we can really set forth how much water goes. We can turn them off easier. Just better uh, management of our crops and our system. Um, on top of that, one of the things that we're going to be focusing on is at least a monthly, if not bi monthly tea that will go in there. We'll be pushing this tea through the uh, fertigation system, which will increase the microbes in the soil. And once the microbes are increased, they'll do most of the work in order to get that plant all the nutrition that they need to be healthier and produce all the nutrients that we as human beings need to consume to be healthy. So that's the biggest thing that I'm seeing as far as the fertigation. And then there's other stuff like it's going to make it a lot easier we can now fertilize, fertilize using organic fertilizers such as fish emulsion and kelp and things of that nature and get a better schedule so the plant is always fed at the right amount, the right time, and an even amount. So it's never mm-hmm. stressed, uh, which means, again, less pests but more nutrients for us. And that's what it all comes down to when you're looking at vegetables, I feel, is the nutrient density that comes uh, as we consume it. It takes a lot of human error out of it too. Uh, we, do, you know, we've always done foliar sprays or 
So, but this is much more effective, and it gets right down to the roots quicker, which is what you want. And, uh, yeah, it just takes out the human error because we screw up a lot of stuff out there. So <laughs> it's better if we let, you know, if it's on a timer or whatever. So. And something also kind of cool is we'll be cutting down. It's not much. We don't have much of a carbon footprint in general. But what we were doing is we were uh, spraying our crops, uh, again, organic or sea crop, which is a sea mineral. Um, we would go by with our mule and we would do two rows at a time, come back, fill up a 25-gallon tank, do a few rows at a time, come back over and over and over. And you just don't get that, uh, you know, well, I don't get that perfect steps to have my time down at all the, all the way through. So it's a little uneven. It takes a whole day just to fertilize, but you also have to harvest and everything else. So, uh, again, the fertigation system is going to cut all of that. So we have more time to really focus in on the health of the plants, which means uh, more crop. And, again, got to jump back to it, uh, more nutrient-dense food. Mm. So it takes out the human and the Duane error. Yes. <laughs> So does the water fertigation system go like all around the farm or is it just in a certain area of the farm? So the fertigation system itself is going to uh, three of our beds broken up into four row zones, hopefully out of uh, 16 row beds. So four zones per bed. Um, and then we also have it running up to uh, this is a new installation to our hill that we hope to turn into a future orchard. Mm. Ooh, nice. We're kind of orchard. Uh, we've been talking about this, so we're going to go stone fruit most definitely. Mm. Um, uh, plums, apricots, and uh, pears seem to be some of the things that we're going to focus on mainly. But, of course, this is Washington, so we've got to have a few apples. Mm. And then uh, we're going to be bringing some hazelnut trees from the conservation district up to the property. And hopefully we'll have hazelnuts soon. Wow. Soon, I mean a year, two, or more. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, and so um, you've been working with the Spokane Conservation District and the biofarming department um, specifically for this water fertigation um, system, correct? Uh, yes, that's right. We've been working with uh, Scott Gale from the biofarming program. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of some of the stuff, if not a lot of the stuff that uh, we're putting through, such as the compost tea uh, Scott will have a heavy hand in as far as advising us on how to do because he has uh, an extensive background in those in that microbiology and we can uh, use his uh, expertise. Oh, easy, easy. We don't have to give him too much, of a, shout out. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> too much of a shout out. He's going to get too bigger head. Sorry, Scott. Didn't mean to stroke that ego too hard. Yeah, <laughs> that's not. Awesome. And so um, with working with Scott, is there, um, obviously you mentioned like the compost tea, but what are some other things that um, – maybe you're thinking of installing or that you have worked on um, this past year up at the farm? Uh, this this winter, we've had some projects, the water up to the hill that we just mentioned uh, that'll help out with our compost and then the, the chickens and the ducks. We, we moved them up to the hill. We're just getting ready to fence that off tomorrow, their their area, to keep them out of the fields and everything. Um, and, that, you know, that'll help with our orchard too uh, in the future. Um, we're also putting uh, end walls on our um, hoop house, and we're getting doors made from a company in Indiana. They're, I mean, it's they're kind of cool. It's called Silvercraft. They're really cool looking. Um, we've run into a little snag with that because of materials, but we should have those in two, three weeks. And then we we got another Connex that we're going to be turning into uh, storage, but it'll be for instead of our cold storage, it'll be cool storage. So it'll be for tomatoes, peppers, garlic, onions, stuff like that. It needs to be about at sixty degrees, so that'll free up a lot of area. 
because um, that's we've run into that being a big thing a storage where do we can grow it where do we put it after before we sell it so so those are those are the big ones is there something else no i think you covered it all nice so um so sunshine is out people are eager to get their farm fresh veg so how are you guys gearing up for farm stand season and any new items going to be on the fresh sheet this year we, I don't think we're going to have a lot of new stuff. We're doing leeks, but, uh, oh, broccoli, um, rapini. So, and then we're, we're trying to hone a lot of the stuff we've been having troubles with. We've had troubles with cauliflower for some reason. Um, we've done it good, then we've done it bad, and then good. So we're going to really, and we know that'll be a big seller. What we're really trying to do is make sure we don't run out of the favorites, like cucumbers. We have a better rotation for our lettuce, our um, loose leaf lettuce. Um, we'll have... Um, Two of our interns have been there a couple years. They they took on projects last year. Um, Bree Scott took on flowers. We'll have a lot more cut flowers this year, which also helps with pollinators and uh, um, beneficial insects. And then Jeff Kissler um, has been doing our herbs, and he's he's done a great job. I, I hopefully he doesn't listen to this, but his herb mound is beautiful out there. He's a little excited about it. He likes to take people out for tours. We lose people all the time. <laughs> Um, but he, uh, there'll be a lot of herbs and we've got, um, better packaging for him and he puts together kits, um, like an Italian kit and a Thai cool. kit and stuff like that. So you can just throw them right in the, the pot. So that, that'll be some of the stuff. Um, and with the fertigation system, it'll help with our tomatoes, um, being better. Uh, what else do we have? I think you about covered everything. All the that... new stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we just saw, oh, we decided we just definitely need to focus more on those staples at the farm. Um, I will be sneaking in one or two crops without our farm manager, Grant Weber's <laughs> knowledge, hopefully, but uh, that's later to come. Yeah. <laughs> that always happens every year. We, we do, we throw something in last minute just to try it, but we're trying to really do what we've done in the past and just do it a lot better. So. Yeah. What, what are the big, so you said cucumbers, what are the, the really big ones? Is it like tomatoes? Like this is a big one. Tomatoes, so, cherry tomatoes, okay. our green beans, Oh, man, everybody loves our green, green beans. beans. Um, yeah, we have our slicer cucumbers and our lemon cucumbers seem mm. to be do good. Our garlic is always really good. And I want to say, it's just like uh, Grant said a minute ago, uh, we've got a new rotation for our lettuce. So everybody that loves that amazing buttery vets on the farm lettuce mm-hmm. that just melts in your mouth, mm. it's going to be there hopefully season, ro- season long this year. We won't have to switch out uh, with our new shading and our new rotation we should always have that amazing lettuce in mm. stock. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, so what, well, I know that we already just listed or you listed a bunch. Um, how many crops do you actually, are you shooting for this year? What'd yeah. you say? 30 plus, <laughs> just over 30. <laughs> and that's with different varieties. Like, you know, we'll have peppers, uh, hot and sweet. So we have a few of those and, so, yeah, it'll be about 30-plus different crops. So, uh, Like we, he said, we cut down, too. Yeah, we cut down. We, I, I, I thought we did, but I just did the list before I came here, and I'm like, I don't think we cut down at all. But <laughs> it was a pretty long list last year. I remember you t- yeah. you saying it all on air. I mean I, see a, I mean, I see a lot more. I mean, I see a lot more that you haven't mentioned <laughs> on air. But, like, yeah, I mean, it seems like you have a lot a lot of variety. Yeah. <laughs> and with the herbs and the cut flowers, you know, you know, there's a lot of varieties on those, too, but. 
I mean, is that pretty normal for a farm of your size to have like this much vegetable? Or do you try to make sure you have like so much because you're you're testing stuff out? Like I like is that like using all the square footage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a couple different ways you can go. We've there's 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 you know a lot of different models, and some people do like five things and do it really well, mm-hmm. and that's that's it. You know, if they have a market for it. But since we have a farm stand. We have the mobile market with Big Dina. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're selling at a couple Freeman Market. And we have a couple of places. Um, we just like to have a variety. When people come up and they see that variety, mm-hmm. um, I think they'll buy more stuff or they'll try new things. Yeah. So a lot of times we have to educate people on, like, you know, you know what 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 is this? And how do you cook it or how do you use it? But we have people to come back and, like, the lemon cucumbers. I know we had to talk to people a lot about that but there's a couple people they'll buy us out of them every time Mm. that we have them so i think that's one of our things um we're a learning farm so when we have veterans and interns come up we just don't want to have like two different things that they're growing we want them to to and we like to see what works and what doesn't and what we're good at and what we're not that's what i was getting at is like the learning part i guess that's the that's a big part is like you're trying to you're teaching people how to grow stuff and also you it's fun to probably have a variety of all this stuff yeah and not everything works every year the same like you could have five different things and then if three of those fail because you know like last year we had a really tough time with carrots Mm -hmm. for some reason and you know that didn't work out for us but we had all these other things to take its place Mm -hmm. or you know so we could keep selling but i don't know maybe maybe we're a little too ambitious at times (laughs) <laughs> or you know, in the in the winter, we call it farmer porn when you get the all the seed catalogs and we start going through them, and we're like, oh my god, did you see that? We were holding up. I know this is radio, but that I was a know, big we were holding up. up like, uh, the flip out comes out like, oh, look at those beats, huh? <laughs> so, so we get a little excited. And we're like, well, I want that, and I want two of those, and four of those, and so and some some stuff works great, and some doesn't. So then, when it doesn't, we either try to we we do more research and figure it out, or you know, after a couple of years, we're like, you know, it just doesn't work in this us Mm. Mm -hmm. is there anything that you really are just like no like that's not gonna work or or you just don't want (laughs) to grow it so i'm not gonna mention any names (laughs) any at all but apparently we We have have an ex-nay on potatoes and we have an ex-nay pickling cucumbers and um probably bush beans was the other one and I'm so. just looking out for these guys. See, they think I, they they call me the dream crusher sometimes, <laughs> but I'm just looking out for them because I'm oh, like, yeah. you guys are going to be bent over and picking these and the potatoes. I mean, you can buy them for ten cents for a five pound bag, you know, mm. from the basin. So, I don't. Um, if they're specialty stuff, we'll try it. But uh, I try to. I don't. You know, we we do we like like you said during winter we're looking at these seed magazines and we're getting overzealous we're getting ambitious we're like ready to go so it is fantastic Mm, this is hard to say that the dream crusher does come in and helps regulate us a little bit like hey man that's that's you know like three hours worth of picking and then two hours worth of washing yeah that just doesn't fit into the model as well and um the hooderites can make they grow potatoes way better than i ever could so Mm. might as well you know what i mean so yeah there are a few items we just will not do (laughs) (laughs) nice um, all right, so for your customers, so when can we start looking forward to the first farm stand? When's kickoff date or what are you shooting for? So, um, our first farm, so our first farm stand is not going to be a stand. So our first time that we will have veg will be May 8th. It will be, uh, that mother's day weekend. We'll be up at the conservation district on 8th Avenue, 8th mm-hmm. Avenue. Mm. And we will be doing our, uh, 
start kickoff. We'll be selling starts of all sorts. We'll be selling flower baskets of all sorts, and we'll be having uh, lettuces and a few other cold weather early crops for sale as well. So, and after that, we'll be having a farm stand um, in May every Saturday, after starting the eighth, and hopefully in June we'll be picking it up to Wednesdays and Saturdays. Awesome, and tell everyone where your farm is, where the farm is located. Uh, we are on seven five two four South Ellis Road, along the Plus Highway, and it's gorgeous up there, especially on a day like today. Mm. It's great to go up there and pick out some of that fresh veg. I'm looking forward to getting my lettuce back. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's been a long winter without <laughs> that lettuce. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, looking forward to getting all of our goodies from you guys this spring and summer. Um, so you guys have also started a new outreach program called Call to Farms. So tell us about this and your mission for this series. Um, this is something that we've we've talked about for a while, and we've kind of done it on the down, I don't want to say on the down low, but we've gone out and helped, but we decided to make it a, a outreach. Um, we won't be doing it as much during the season because we're so busy. But um, so we went out to... Um, one of our interns, uh, Peaceful Peaceful Lane Farms, and helped him put up uh, his uh, cat tunnel, the plastic on it. Just need more hands, and we went out to and helped one of our other interns, and um, they just bought some property. We helped clear it out a little bit. We just want to go out and help other veterans or other community members as veterans, so you don't have to be a veteran to get help. Mm. And we call it, you know, call the farms. We're just going to go out there for a day, and um, if you have. Um, all of the materials and have a plan, we'll, we're just going to throw people at it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of the military way. If you have a problem, you just keep throwing more people at it. Mm-hmm. So what we're looking for, you can donate. Um, just get a hold of us on Instagram or Facebook on a message if you want to donate money or if you want to donate time. Mm-hmm. So we have a couple other online we want to try to get to before Excuse me, before the season really kicks off. So we're going to be doing some fencing for one of our interns, um, she just needs a little help on the farm getting stuff. She's had a couple uh, animal attacks, dogs attacks on her animals, so we just want to get those pinned up so they're they're safer. And it's hard to do by yourself, so we'll go out there and put some concrete and posts in and and do that. Um, but it's just that's part of our mission is outreach, and we just don't want to go out there and tell people about it. We want to go show people that you know they can count on us and and, and give back to the community um, that w- that we that we're in and that that supports us during the year. So mm-hmm. that's, I, I guess that's the gist of it. It's just, it, there's nothing real formal about it. We just want to go out there and then afterwards, maybe drink a couple of beers and um, have a fire going, eat some hot dogs and have a good time. Mm. That's the good life right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when you guys are doing these outreach programs or going out to different farms, would you say that you're also, you know, just gaining a ton of education and a bunch of knowledge just by working, you know, that farmer to farmer connection? I would say definitely. Yes. Um, previous year we went out to Snapdragon farms owned by Beth Mort and we helped Ben, um, set up a greenhouse. So it wasn't mm. much, but he knew what he was doing. That's his job. He, he's a engineer. He knows how to build things. Uh, we said, Hey, we'll go out there and we'll throw bodies. You just tell us what to do. So we are learning how to actually build a greenhouse set up all the walls and everything else. And it's fantastic. So we do take, uh, we do get knowledge that we can then pass on to our interns and to anybody who else uh, out there. So it's a, like I said, a fantastic program. Awesome. And on that note, so 
are you guys seeking any volunteers right now or what can listeners do, you know, right now to help support your guys' mission? Well, the biggest thing you can do is come by, come by from us when the, when the <laughs> season's going, but yeah. we, we usually have a volunteer day. Of course, that's been cut back because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd have a couple, couple a year, but to, I just be on the lookout on our Instagram and Facebook. You know, when we post stuff like that, we'll have a volunteer day. We used to have a couple companies that would come out, you know, because I think they pay their employees like a half a day. They, mm. You know, they, they do mm-hmm. that, like Northwest Farm Credit, which is a huge, huge supporter of us, um, to come out and they just, you know, and we just we just throw people at work and do a lot of cleanup and, and stuff like that. But we'll uh, um, keep doing that. Like Home Depot's come out and done a lot of stuff for us. So um, just be on the lookout. We don't have anything planned right now, um, per se, because of COVID, but... Um, it's always on the horizon. And if you're ever just looking to get into to nature, just looking to get involved with the farm, there is never a day that we don't need weeding. So <laughs> if you have strong grip or if you just want to get out there and get some manual labor going, uh, we always have weeds at the farm that need to be pulled in order to have better crops. So mm-hmm. that's always a uh, opportunity for anybody who wants to. It seems to what, what we grow best, I think, is weeds. <laughs> weeds. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Um, so speaking of, um, what is on the horizon for Vets on the Farm? Um, we'll be releasing our intern program for veterans here. Uh, we have a tra- new training program where we're, we're gearing more towards a couple spots to be farm manager uh, trainings because we've seen a need for other small farms or people that are uh, older farmers that are getting out and they need someone to come in and kind of take over. So that'll that'll cover everything from, you know, um, cradle to grave from Seeding to planting out the beds to seeding to um, harvesting to cleaning and then even the financial part. We'll have classes through Northwest Farm Credit Services. Um, they do a great job out there um, supporting us and bringing us in on that end of it. Um, what else is on that in that program that we'll be doing? Just I mean, just so so when you go in and managing people and and things like that, because that's sometimes all there's so many moving parts. And every, the biggest thing is. Um, just dealing with the everyday stuff because you you have a plan and it, if it goes like exactly like it's supposed to, you get a little nervous because it's it's not supposed to. There's always something that comes up. The weather, um, dealing like we'll have a this is the day we're putting it in, and then snow in March. Thanks to you guys, it'll be snow in March, right? So then we got it. We got to kick back a few days. So how do you keep those plants healthy in the greenhouse? Um, how do you maintain the temperatures in the in the greenhouse if if the weather's fluctuating a lot? Um, things like that. Just and I think that something that will set us apart here is, um, so I went through the Spokane Concept, no, I went through the SCC program of Greenhouse Management and Small Farms, and it's fantastic, of course, getting all this information, you know, it's legit information, here's your book, here's your teacher, et cetera, go for it. But then you're just kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. At least at our farm, uh, we're taking all that information and we're giving it, but at the same time, once you get it, you go put your hands on. You go do the seeding, you go do the planting, you do the or you will do the uh, planning out schedule, et cetera. Once something hits, you'll have to go and figure out, okay, so I got aphids. What do I do? Or I got not enough fur, I got not enough water. I, whatever it is, you have to address the situation because that's what farming is. It is figuring out what's happening now, what happened back then, and what happened in the future. It's, like, it's figuring out all the problems. So uh, once you're at the farm and they're going through this management program, they'll get all that information on the how-to, but they'll also get the hands-on and – now they actually have the no to, not just the how to. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. So really just some hands-on farm management planning courses and trainings and workshops. And I'm assuming that you guys are going to be pulling people from, you know, all over the place or are you guys just doing the trainings or, or doing the teachings? Or? Oh, we'll reach out to, you know, like for the financial stuff, Northwest Farm Credit. Um, if, if it's flowers, like, you know, we'll either have our intern Bree do it or, you know, we'll call on Beth Moore at Snapdragon to help us out. Things that we're we, like, because we learn stuff every day. Uh, if, and I tell the guys, if we don't learn something every day, then we're not, we're doing something wrong. Um, but I am not scared to, to find the, subject matter expert and and lean on them so like Casa Cano Farms has helped us out a ton through the years and it you know that might just be through text or phone call or or Jorge or Maddie stopping by just to just to look at our stuff and tell us like yeah that's not good or that's really good I mean but we've learned more probably through failure than we have through success I believe I think you get a little complacent when everything's going great you're like oh that's easy (laughs) <laughs> when, when, you know, like we've had problems with certain crops and we really dig into it and look into it. So it helps us out. And I think it helps our interns out too. They see that mother nature always wins for sure. Mother nature always wins. <laughs> well, and I also want, you just mentioned Casacano farms. And so I want to do um, a little plug for the South Spokane farm corridor that you guys are involved in. And it has grown. There's a lot of new farms that have um, joined um, the corridor. So how has that been over the past year to just have more interaction with those farms and get to know those farmers? What has that been like? Uh, it's been pretty good. I <clears throat> so, uh, so I'm from South Texas where everything is brown and we grow citrus. Like that's it. So coming up here where everything's green and you have seasons and people are using those seasons legitimately is fantastic. And just the number of people who are into agriculture, into vegetable growing, which doesn't have this, you know, mystique to it, doesn't have this coolness to it, doesn't have anything to it, honestly. And they're all about it. And so I'm just seeing this corridor with all these farms popping up and the intensity and the love that they have for their vegetables, their their animals, just their land in general is fantastic. So it's, it's just a great place that we've all come together at and we exchange notes, we exchange ideas, we talk about stuff. We have um, a monthly meeting where we will have a speaker just to go over something. It doesn't even matter what it is. It's just that extra information that you wouldn't get otherwise Mm. without this type of group. Um, So the South Spokane Farm Quarter has just been fantastic. And I mean, just to give a physical example of something that came out of it, we were looking to aggregate some soil for our seeding and planting and everything else. And we want good soil. We don't just want run of the mill. And, uh, we found there was a hitch. All of a sudden we couldn't get our soil, but one of our people in the South Spokane farm corridor was making their own mm, fantastic awesome. soil that you, that, that has the right amount of, uh, the right ratios and everything that I was looking for, for healthy starts. Um, I give a shout out to Casacana farms, Jorge and Maddie, awesome soil. And so just being a part of that was gave us the ability to aggregate that soil. Now we'll, you know, and if we didn't have that, COVID would have messed us up. We wouldn't have any soil. We wouldn't have any starch. We wouldn't have anything in the ground. Not too good. So uh, it's been a huge boon. Mm. Well, I think it started off with only like five to eight farms at yeah. the very beginning. And now, uh, what are we up to? Over 20. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know. It's well So everything over 20. from um, backyard, um, you know, people growing in their yards 
to, you know, uh, Etman beef, uh, you know, Browning beef, you know, so you have, you know, big producers like that. And then, the, and then the smaller stuff like us. And mm-hmm. so it's a good, it's good to see that variety and just drive out that way. And you could hit, you know, just ping pong through everybody and, uh, um, get everything you need for, for the week. Awesome. Um, so what is something that you guys are looking forward to the most about this season coming up, whether it's workshops or just seeing that first crop come out of the ground or what are you really looking forward to? Well, I, I saw it today. Uh, I was walking around. I've been, I always worry about the garlic, um, cause we plant it in the fall and until it starts popping out of the ground. Uh, and I just went and started uncovering some and it, it just started popping up. So uh, we had these, these warmer days and that's kind of my baby. I, I kind of treat it like my ba- the garlic's my baby. We have a bunch of different varieties, uh, and we played around with. And we're starting to go into, like, garlic powder. We want to start processing it a little bit. So um, I, that's my favorite thing. I, I, was wor- I always worry until I see it popping out of the ground. So, <laughs> And I'm super excited about the peppers this year. Um, as he took so- takes on garlic as his baby, I'm going to say peppers are mine. But I'm looking for just... Pepper X. I'm looking for the hottest, uh. just the most <laughs> highest Scoville peppers possible. And I am open to pepper challenges. So if anybody <laughs> ever wants to come to the farm, you guys and peppers, we'll eat one together. Um, but just growing a variety of peppers and getting some really hot ones out there, to me, that's where I'm at. And I'm really looking forward to, at minimum, a two million Skullville ghost pepper. Good luck oh with that. Oh my gosh! That I will might be dipping in chocolate and handing out to interns and other managers. <laughs> I guess I'm excited too about our rotations. We we've, we've been doing this for a few years, so we're getting our rotations down. So we always have the right stuff on the in the fridges at the right time for our customers. So awesome. Well, lots of great things going on, lots of great workshops, great trainings. I know that you guys always um, post your fresh sheets um, on your website and on your Facebook page and your Instagram. And um, for those of you that don't know, the website for Vets on the Farm is vetsonthefarm.org. So yeah, make sure you check there for any of those upcoming trainings or workshops. And then we'll all be looking forward to that farm fresh veg here real quickly. I'll add one more thing. If you're listening to the show right now, we didn't touch much on what Vets in the Farm is all about and how it started. Mm-hmm. So if you want to learn more about Vets in the Farm and how they all started, go listen to the very first episode that we did with them in the first season, and you'll learn more about Grant and Dwayne and uh, about how this all got started. Because um, I wouldn't want to bore, ever, not bore. I would say should think a lot about that. <laughs> if you look at not boring, don't watch the first episode. Sorry, I wouldn't want to. I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking like I was you, more, you can't learn enough about us. I was, <laughs> it was more like I, the people that have listened don't want to hear that again. I don't know. Maybe they do. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say. I, I didn't even say it. You just you put words in my mouth. I was nice, saying nice studio. Not, best. Not such a nice. Snow and boring. We got one more to go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> Actually, that's a great question. How has this go around been on the podcast um, since season one? Well, we were talking about it before we came in. Uh, it was we, it was a pretty hot day that day, and we mm. been oh, work, yeah. worked worked all day, was. and then you put us in AC. And I think I, I my son gave me crap because he's like you were monotone and like he listens <laughs> to Joe Rogan and all these podcasts. He's get, I'm like jeez, he tore me up. I'm like I thought I did all right, but that's like. Trying to stay awake, kind of. Well, good thing you didn't have beer then. You would have fallen asleep. I don't know. Back what I just said. About it. <laughs> Is that beer kind of like a Red Bull? 
Do any vet, yeah. and I just <laughs> yes. give it to him, and boom, he got some energy. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, we're going to put you in the hot seat again, and we're going to um, go ahead with our Spitfire round. You guys are down, right? We're down. I'm up. Yeah. Yeah. All around. Hopefully, I don't ask you the same questions as yeah. the first season. <laughs> I want to change one of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What is something that you've tried that you will never, ever try again? On the farm or like in life? Just life or food. It can be a life experience of food. Uh, um, well, in life, I was in Korea, and I they had eggs at the um, bar, and I opened up, and it was like an actual bird in there. Oh my god! I probably won't try that again. It was a little crunchy. You actually We've talked went about through this. and ate it. Well, yeah, I had to. It was kind of rude not to, right? Oh yeah. So uh, that that in life, that's probably something I won't try again. <laughs> I can't think of anything. I've tried a lot of things once. I didn't like many things, but you know what? I'm stupid enough to do it again. Yolo. <laughs> <laughs> because he forgot that's why speaking of eggs are you guys gonna have eggs this year um by mid-year yes uh before okay. mid-year again uh we had a lot of attacks so we're trying to rebuild our flock again and um, we put up so defensive fighting positions and uh we're doing around the clock uh patrols <laughs> to keep the we got constantino wire up sea wire up and so we're gonna we're gonna take care of what we need to take care of but um, yeah, it'll be limited at first, and I'm, I was very sad to see two of our ducks. We lost two of our ducks because the duck eggs are amazing. They make the best omelets, and um, for baking, too, they're just great. They're a little bit bigger, mm. and I just love them. On that note, though, um, if there is a huge demand for eggs, so all you listeners, if you really want eggs and you come up to our farm, we're always free to talk to anybody. Let us know. Talk to us. And we do have other veteran farmers who are or do have eggs, who have a flock, and are producing eggs, and um, their eggs might end up at the farm until we can supply the demand. So, and in the South Spokane Farm Corridor, there's there's quite a few. I know, like Sweet Mercy always has eggs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So. And Sweet Mercy's eggs are fantastic, by the way. Had a dozen, amazing. Yum. There's nothing better than those farm fresh eggs. Mm. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what was the last? TV series or just Netflix series, Hulu series, whatever platform series you watched. We go through. Oh, no, no, we no, go, no we, you can't steal my answer. <laughs> we go through this, uh, especially during the winter when we're, it's a little slower. We have more time. So we're going like, what are you watching? What are you watching? So this is the one we, we just, I just finished and he got me on. It was The Warrior or Warrior. It's Warrior a is a fantastic yeah. show. Oh, yeah. Um, if you have time, watch it. But what I mean by time is you might binge watch all two seasons just Instantly, it is that good. So if you yeah. ever have a chance, check out Warrior. I think it might be on HBO Max or something right now. Mm. Yeah, and then we we have a uh, uh, we kung fu fight. We try to recreate some of the scenes at the farm. So if you're willing to do that, come on up and we'll. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, so now you know where the black guys come yeah. from. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's not just the farm manager setting the rules. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. What was the first car you guys ever drove? Legally or? Well, that's an important question right I there. I grew up on a farm, <laughs> so I was driving. Uh, my first car that I drove when I got my license was an 84 Ford Escort. Beige, automatic, <laughs> pretty sweet. Ooh. Got all the ladies that way, right? Like, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I had a, a 96 Chevy S10. That was my baby. Mm. I guess I'm a little bit older because... I graduated right before 96. So. <laughs> I think you're, yeah. 
My first car is an 84 Toyota Corolla, oh, and I'm nice. definitely younger than both of you. Yeah. So. <laughs> nice. It was $500. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I did operate a 7700 uh, John Deere Combine, too, before I had my license, oh, so wow. that was my... Nice. <laughs> Mine was a um, Dodge Neon. It was the color of a grape Jolly Rancher. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. And I got hit by um, a classmate of mine about like two weeks. I got rear-ended by them and they totaled my car. It was so sad. Ouch. <laughs> And you got the insurance money and went on to an eclipse. No, and then I went to um, a Kia Rio, which was terrible. And then (laughs) and then I got hit by two deer. Oh my god! Wow! You got a target on the story. (laughs) Do not drive. Don't don't drive in the forest. (laughs) Nobody wants to be driving with me. (laughs) All right. If you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ribeye. Oh, there's no thought. Ribeye. Beef ribs. I think if they're done right, mm-hmm. beef ribs. That's what comes to mind. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. I, I, I love food. I challenge anybody to find a medium rare ribeye that's not good. So, ribeye. <laughs> Where's the best ribeye you get at? I mean, besides at your house. I was, oh, well, I was about to say. That's actually not that good. I experiment way too much. <laughs> but uh, Texas Roadhouse. Oh, okay. Uh, to me, that's the place to go. You know, a little... Uh, Garlic butter on top, no sauces, no nothing. It's just cooked well. Garlic butter, boom. Funny you say that. Someone I read, I was on like Facebook. They're like, "Where do you get the best taken?" Like Texas Roadhouse. I'm like, "Yeah, come on, it's somewhere better." And then you're the <laughs> second <laughs> person I heard say that. So I'm gonna have to have to try that. But it depends on your flavors. If you like those sauces that take away all the flavor from the mm. meat, uh, you know, go somewhere that's high end and fancy. I guess. Mm, you guys are making me hungry. Yeah, making me hungry too. Okay. What is your favorite flower? Because you guys are growing flowers this year. <laughs> so I, I always, I always, this is the joke. And like, when people ask me, what kind of flowers? I'm like, ah, it's pretty. <laughs> so pretty flowers, I guess. Uh, tulips or sunflowers or I guess, the ones I know. So. Oh, the yellow ones. Yeah. I'm going to go the opposite end and say sweet alyssum because it attracts way more beneficial insects mm. and repels bad stuff. In order for me to eat better vegetables, are you going? Are you going flowers for the pollinators? Like, is that why you're growing it? Like- uh, Paul, yeah. So we, we do. We will have a lot of pollinators on the farm. Okay. And for cut flowers too. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's nice to sell. So. Nice. Learning so much from being on this podcast. I would don't even. I wouldn't have been able to know what a pollinator was until I met, met Beth, Beth Mort. Right. <laughs> I know, Brendan. We're waiting for you to invite us over to your house so we can look at your backyard and see how it's yeah, grown. No. Well, <laughs> well, I'm also going to zero skate my yard, so that's another word there I lost. So yeah, there's. Uh, Speaking of that, if you see uh, the farm, you'll notice that uh, we've started to bark chip everything. Mm. And uh, that's in order to keep down the weeds, of course. Um, We're Mm. making it so that the bees and everything else can still have access to the ground, the native bees. And, um, yeah, so if it looks like you just see piles of wood chips just piled up everywhere, it's going to be smoothed out eventually, and you're going to see a nice little brown carpet and then crops. Nice. Oh, Helps us. To not mow so much too. That's that's what I'm excited about. Lack of physical labor is nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. And final question. This one was actually sent in from a listener. Is it tomato or tomato? <laughs> it's whatever you wanted if you come and buy them from us. <laughs> <laughs> I always have a I always have trouble spelling it. 
the damn thing. Like to make <laughs> toes or, or I know. I don't know. Oh, that's funny. They're it's just funny. good. That was one of our biggest compliments through the years is uh, your tomatoes taste like tomatoes. So yes. or your tomatoes taste like tomatoes, whatever. However you <laughs> so want to say, say it either but, way, just eat a whole bunch of them. Yeah. That nutrient density, it's those new practices you guys are integrating up there, right? Yeah. The biofarming. The, the new old practices. Yeah, yeah, exactly. New old. Um, all right, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Again, to learn more about Vets on the Farm and their farming mission, uh, you can check them out at vetsonthefarm.org. And make sure that you also follow them on Facebook and Instagram for all of those up-to-date fresh sheets and um, information about their workshops and trainings that are coming up. Thanks for being here, guys. Awesome. Thanks for Thank having us. Rocks to Roots is sponsored by the Office of Farmland Preservation. Office of Farmland Preservation is a program within the Washington State Conservation Commission that works to address the rapid loss of working farm and forest lands in our state. Together, the Washington State Conservation Commission and conservation districts provide voluntary, incentive-based programs that empower private landowners to implement conservation on their property. You can learn more about their programs and services by visiting their website, scc.wa.gov.